Welcome to the new Jet on a Mission podcast on the North-South Connection. I'm Tim Slavka. I'm JP. Thanks for joining us again. As always, we're on the journey to relive the new generation era to find some of the best and some of the worst of a wrestling time period, often forgotten. Brett and Sean at Survivor Series 92 to Brett and Sean Survivor Series 97. We look beyond just the pay-per-views, examine weekly TV, see what worked, what could have worked, and what failed. JP, how you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. I preemptively told you that uh, we might be getting a visitor for my son coming down. So we <laughs> might, I told you maybe I'll mute or maybe I'll just yell at him on the cast. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, see how man, good he's Get how people get an inside view into your fatherhood, you know? Yeah, it's crazy. And I, I we have, I haven't, it's, uh, you know, 9, 9 p.m. on 9.30 almost. And I haven't ordered dinner yet, or my wife hasn't either. So we might have to pause to order dinner too. So, gotcha. you know, but that could be, you could see how, everyone could see how big of a fat ass I am when I order, <laughs> you know, $50 worth of food for dinner. Right. So <laughs> we could start. And what's been new with you, anything? Uh, nothing much. Just, uh, well, actually, at work, uh, at the job, I don't want to mention my job, but we had a yeah. pretty wild fucking incident this week where uh, a kid uh, like quit the job and then they found a a journal that he was writing of people he's gonna come back and shoot at the job. So it was a pretty uh pretty intense week, I would say. Yes. Kind of hard to focus on work when you don't know when that shit's going down. But uh, supposedly everything's taken care of. But yeah, it's some some yes. wild shit. Saw you messing with the chat, and it was just crazy. Oh, so. God, yeah. But yeah, I mean, luckily, like, all police are involved and everything, and they've talked to everybody, so I think we'll be all right. <laughs> good never good know. to hear. Yeah, just, yeah, when you messaged that to the group, I was like, oh, my God, this is yeah. crazy. It's yeah. always always a worry about work, right? But you always just, right. you kind of always just think about, it, oh, it's just the postman to do it, right? That's the old thing back in the exactly. day. Exactly. It not anywhere, so. Yeah. Scary stuff. Well, anything positive you could bring up, or I know, right? I'm fucking, I'm such an <laughs> asshole for doing that. Like, what the hell? <laughs> no, no. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're thinking of you, and yeah, it's crazy when you message that in chat. Uh, just crazy, crazy story, crazy times sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I guess we're closer to the NFL season, so that's a positive. Um, yeah. Even though we're about to be like in just baseball season here in about a week, which sucks. So, I guess I'll just bring it back down again a notch. So let yeah. me just shut up. Let me just shut up. So no, yeah. no, man. I, I got I got a tweet today that uh, Justin Fields was cranking home runs out of uh, Wrigley I Field. He was there. Yeah. So you see, there's positive. So there you go. he might not be good at football, but he can <laughs> play baseball. Exactly. So all right, we're gonna march our way to SummerSlam here. Uh, uh, keep keep going. Is the build? This is really a huge build uh, week. Mm-hmm. I think this, they pretty much set up all the matches. So uh, good stuff coming up here uh, from. From two Raws and two Superstars as we get closer and closer to that, the big event. So uh, we're going to start with the 726 uh, Raw, which was taped uh, at 719. Uh, so this one is a uh, taped one. I know you don't like to know that, but this is a taped one. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a, we get a kind of interesting uh, intro and then my, uh, Doink starts off. So I think we've talked about this before, that every Raw starts out differently. But this one, you get Doink the Clown. He says, Macho, I got a special surprise for you. So kind of cool intrigue to have just Dwayne kind of say, hey, there's something that's going to happen, mm-hmm. uh, but not have him come out first, right? So I think it kind of leads you, like, the Raw, the second half of the Raw is a little light, but, hey, you know something's happening because Dwayne's called you out. So I kind of like that as, a, as an, a different start. Like, they've kind of done a lot of different ways. So I like that start. And then uh, since it's your guys, why don't, you, why don't you take the first match of uh, Bam Bam and Brett? 
And actually, right. it's, and, and this secret surprise for the third guy that's involved. So this is definitely right. all you, this is all you, you all. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, um, with, uh, with this match, we have Stu and Helen in the crowd, Brett's mom and dad. So this is kind of, you know, like, a, a build to like the whole heart family idea here that we're going to be seeing, um, more and more of for good or for bad. Um, but there's kind of up in the balcony cheering Brett on and, uh, you know, this is like a, 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 it feels like a big time match to start raw. Like these two guys, you know, they've headlined a pay-per-view together. Um, it's just two like featured components of the, the era right now. And I just feel like, you know, with, um, Brett's like parents being there, I think he was a little jittery or something to start with because like there was a couple like sloppy spots to begin the match. Like, um, one time Brett almost looked like he blew out his damn knee. Like even, uh, on commentary, they said it like, it looked like it was a little sloppy. So I don't know if he was this, going a little, you know, overboard, trying to impress his parents if there's some nerve there or something. But once, like, things settled down a little bit, uh, I thought this match got off really good. Like, like Bam Bam's offense is, like, suited for Brett. Like, just the, the mixture, it looks so good. Um, and I think, like, Brett started getting, like, really aggressive towards the end, too. So, like, if, if you take out that first, like, five minutes or so, maybe three minutes where they're kind of sloppy, the, the match ends up really good. Um, Brett gets into like Brett gets Bigelow eventually into the sharpshooter, but then Lawler interrupts the the sharpshooter from the balcony. Like he's with Brett's parents, and he's kind of like starts ripping on Stu and Helen. He's kind of you know playing the the Lawler shtick, but uh, gets Brett all pissed off, and he kind of like storms out of the ring, and Bigelow wins by countout. So you're getting like this uh, this prime time match to open the show. Then you're getting like a story involved as well with like Lawler, uh, you know, being a prick, going to the parents, like really poking at Brett, like, you know, I'll, I'm willing to kind of do whatever it takes to piss you off kind of thing. So I thought this was just awesome stuff, especially from two guys I love. So good to see this feud keep going. Yeah, I mean, uh, fun match. Yeah, I kind of I kind of mentioned it earlier, like the Brett injury, like I thought he was doing the fake injury, but I think he actually like kind of tweaked it a little bit. Uh, the, so the first, the first break I thought was a little rough because, uh, they, Bobby, he didn't say he was calling, uh, Jerry Lawler and that Lawler was going to show up. So there's like a lot of like back and forth where I think they could have just had Lawler come out right away. Um, but to kind of add to it, but after the first break, like Bam Bam was very aggressive. He did an awesome standing suplex where he held, uh, Brett up forever. So I thought that was awesome. And then a second break, uh, this is a pretty long match. I think 17 minutes, you know, mm-hmm. long match. Both a uh, second break, both guys were just crazy sweating. Uh, he, and, and even on the second break, huge let, let's go uh, Brett chance uh, right before the King comes up. And then it kind of distracts everyone. Um, <laughs> the King has just like the all time classic of like uh, my favorite one was the <laughs> when when uh, Stu was born that the Dead Sea was only sick. I thought that was yeah. his best yeah. of anything. Uh, Helen uh, actually shoved King out of the way at one point. But Stu, I couldn't understand a single thing he said, like mumbling and seemed uninterested in being there. Like he's just a grumpy old man. Right. Um, so Brett, you kind of mentioned, has enough, goes up to the balcony and bam, bam, wins on a count out. So King leaves and kind of like a poorly, like walking slowly out. So I don't know how Brett didn't catch him. Uh, but I don't know if you know, it's like even when Brett was going, like there was not much security there. And then one security guy literally just took a fan and shoved him out of the way. 
So uh, it was kind of a crazy feeling there. Like Brett actually, like a girl comes up to him and he actually like is supposed to go to his parents, but like I think does the right thing and like stops, gets a picture with her and a handshake. Right. Um, and then even Stu then gives him a handshake, but it's like the smallest handshake ever of like, good job, son. Like, I don't think he likes his kids at all. Like he's just an unhappy <laughs> man, like no emotion. And I couldn't understand a word he said every time Jerry Lawler, which I think just added to the like, while they're picking on them. Like, I thought it was so great. Uh, I think the match was just a little long because I think they could have done a lot of their stuff early, uh, mm-hmm. like throughout the match versus bringing them out just during the end. But besides that, I thought very fun, just, just like a little long for what they were, what the match ended up being, right. It was like a good showcase between the two guys, but then really an end to build up their SummerSlam match. There's also a chance that Stu doesn't know which son this is. So, very good. He's got a lot. I mean, he does have a lot. Like I, I, I only have two kids. I'm usually pretty good about time apart, but you know, he's like tw- 25 or whatever he's got. And his, who knows how many concussions he has from wrestling. So, uh, exactly. I mean, he's, he named one of his kids a last name. Like, I think one, like Smith is one of their names. Like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. He's like, I'll, I'll be able to tell you apart now. You got two last names. So yeah, I, 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 he was very disoriented and just like, why the hell are you getting, putting me out here? Like, you know, I got cat shit to flip in the scrambled eggs. I got other stuff to do, you know? Yeah, at least Helen was, like, she was, like, yelling at him, and she pushed him at one point. So I thought she was, like, energetic about it. Like, like an old parent should be, like, an old kind of grandpa mm-hmm. thing. It was just Stu was just terrible at it. So, right. fun little match. Uh, so we get our SummerSlam reports. Uh, so it's crazy that they, only a couple matches they introduced in this one, but one of them is still, they're kind of talking about how only Undertaker knows what the rest in peace matches. So I still kind of find that funny, but I put in my notes that as a kid, I was just so pumped for this match. I'm like, this match is going to be awesome. Uh, we'll wait, wait to see if it's five stars or not when we get there. Uh, so we get a couple of jobber ma- matches. We get uh, Mr. Hughes who still has the urn. So it's just weird that they got Taker Gonzalez lined up and, Mr. Hughes still has the urn and we get another black wreath and him destroying it. So definitely kind of still, uh, building up to that. They also talk about, uh, the WrestleMania, the album that's going to be mm-hmm. in all the Kmart. So you could definitely, uh, time, time where this was, if you didn't know it was 93, it was talking about things being a K- Kmart's and that, uh, there was going to be a stampede at the K- Kmart's. Right. And also, uh, we kind of get some highlights from the, uh, album release party which includes tiny tim which i couldn't believe they brought him back out and macho man's quote of this yes i hit all the high notes so <laughs> pretty good there and then uh i'll, I'll get the next match uh which okay. is quick unless you have anything to add and no no in the wrestlemania no. album besides the song being amazing right uh so we get the smoking guns out a lot of bobby heenan and rodeo uh, scholarship jokes in this match. Uh, they get a great team of uh, Glenn Ruth and uh, Dwayne Gill. So you're talking about like all-star uh, jobbers. So great thing. And then Bobby mentions that it's really looking like the head shrinkers and guns are going to be the big match coming up over the, the you know, like how big, how hot the tag team division is. So that they kind of saying that's the big match coming up uh, soon. Uh, so I kind of caught that. Um, and uh, just a cl- classic, a classic, uh, squash by the guns who are still over. And I like them. And I think it's good that they kind of mentioned, Hey, the head shrinkers are the team they're going to face. Cause they've kind of mm-hmm. been for a while, you know, our other boy that's going to come out later about seven times, uh, yes. you know, someone that just has no one to feud with, at least they're kind of pushing this head, sh- this, the smoking guns of, Hey, they're, they're, they're up for the head shrinkers. Like that's their, that's their, that's their rivals right now. Right. And that, that was like the old school formula of job matches is, you're displaying what they can do and then you see what they can do. And then you kind of hope to see them do that against a bigger star. Whereas, you know, a guy we'll get to later. It's just, 
all, all the same over and over and over again with nothing yep. to lead to, you know? Yep. And then uh, from that from that squash, um, we get a couple clips of Ludwig Borga. So they're kind of like they're kind of doing the reverse build with him, whereas they're yeah. not doing like the, like they're doing the vignettes after he's already debuted. So I don't know if that was like a taping issue or if they just decided, hey, we're gonna do it this way. But well, I know I, I know I just some of the guys, right? They'd usually do like a tryout match, right? Like a yeah. couple of times, and it, maybe his was just so good. They're like, let's see, or they ran out of footage. But like, it kind of feels like that. Like. I don't remember the squash match being that good, but like for whatever reason, they decided, hey, let's let's get this guy on TV and tape the vignettes later. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason why I think that is is because of what we transition into next. Like, and I think it's done on purpose. Like, we go to yeah. a, like a Luger Empty Arena interview, and I think they go from the guy that's like bashing the U.S. to the guy that's right. like representing the U.S. on purpose. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, like, I, that's gonna be the. That's gonna be the hot house show feud. It might have even started at this point with Luger, right. so it make it makes sense, right? Like, right. And, and and Luger's definitely on his like campaign run type of bullshit. Like they're asking him like all these like personal questions and stuff. It's very very weird. Like the Lex Express feels like a presidential campaign run. Like they're asking him, you know, how he grew up and how his behavior was and all this other crap and his parents. It's like it's kind of weird. Like. I don't know. It doesn't feel like a wrestler. It just feels more like, you know, you're trying to understand the person instead of the character. I don't know. It's it's just kind of throwing me off a little bit. Like, you know, I, I get the whole patriotism thing and everything, but it's not yeah. like uh, it's going almost too far into that instead of just letting him wrestle and kind of just be make it be subtle a little bit. But yeah, um, I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked about this like, man, why is he not fighting? Why is he doing Lux Express? I think this interview shows why he's not in front of a crowd. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. So I think it's just like that. And then uh, I did notice that Vince talks about next time they're going to talk to him about uh, how he dropped out of college and drugs and wrestling. So, I, you know, that, that keeps you intrigued. And I think they're definitely kind of positioning him as like the anti Hogan, right? A little bit too. Like, all right, this guy is not perfect. Um, and you know not like a liar like hogan was on the steroids right but it's almost like they're grilling him like a politician or something oh definitely like, yeah, yeah. you know it's like look you, if you're going to represent america we need you to be this <laughs> this and this kind of thing you know what i mean like you can't just be a doink or or irs or whatever like a gimmick you have yeah. to be like we have to know everything about you so it, it's just kind of weird that that um that that's going on right now but it, it feeds into what they want as far as a feud with like Yoko and Borga, like the jingoism kind of like background of a feud. So I, I guess it makes sense in that aspect, you know? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I remember as a kid being pumped about the Lex Express, but like, I don't remember these interviews and I definitely, these interviews would like not got me pumped for it. Right. <laughs> right. Know, I mean, like, you're thinking Tonka, you're thinking like Hess Chuck Lex Express kind of thing and yeah. the colors and the, and the, you know, USA, like, more of a, a more jacked version of Hacksaws and Duggan. But yep. Right, you know what I mean? So I get it. I definitely get it. Um, and then from there, we go to our uh, main event of the night with uh, Doink versus Phil Apollo, which oddly enough ends up being Doink versus Doink. Because um, yep. that's the you know the next Doink. Uh, quick kind of match where we get like the whoopee cushion for the win. But then afterwards is when uh, Doink goes out to like the commentary booth and calls out Savage. And a uh, cool little nugget here is Linda McMahon's in the crowd, like behind the, the oh. commentary booth. Yo, you didn't see that? No, I did not. Yeah, she's like sitting right behind them, like right behind Vince yeah, okay. and, and Savage. She's right there. 
Um, but Doink is like legendary here. Like his mic work and his rain ring work, and I'll go out on limb and say, oh, sorry, I'll, I'll finish this first. Is there ends up being three doinks. There ends up being like another doink in the balcony, another doink in the crowd. So it feeds on to like the optical illusion of his like mind games and things like that that he can do. Um, but he challenges Savage to a match. So uh, really pumped for that. But what I was going to say about Doink is um, overall as a character and wrestler, I think he's the best wrestler in this whole company right now. Like I know that sounds crazy with like Brett and Yoko and everything like that, how they're featured, but you know, Brett hasn't been on as on TV as much. Oh, not I feel, at all. right. He's got like the Hogan treatment, um, which is good. Like he's still good when he, when he's there, but Doink is like week to week um, progressing, like the character involved in all these feuds, like, running around just doing like hectic things and he's really good in the ring he's always interesting so i just feel like he's the mvp so far if there was to be one and anytime he's on the screen it's always something you know good at least yeah i mean i just wrote first that he was versus fat phil so phil apollo is one of my favorite just the fat the way his, <laughs> his ass is just he's got yeah. the fat ass. Yeah. Uh, and I actually love that he got a huge Doink got like a massive whoopee cushion. Like he got way up in the air and like spread his legs. Like it was awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. So it kind of gives into your, uh, you know, one of the best workers. Like he's doing a lot of submission moves, but also got like a little bit of high flying with like the whippy cushion and his drop kicks and stuff like that. Right. Uh, there, I don't know if you saw, there was actually a fan dressed as Doink in the background when he was yes. doing his interview, which is like, but a bad Doink. Like it was like, you know, C minus like effort right. to get doing. And then the triple doinks are amazing. Cause they're kind of like trying to uh, match each other, but they're clearly off and like having a laugh. So it's just like, so funny. It's like, they're trying to do mirror gimmicks, but they're like clearly 30 seconds off from each other. So I think it just adds to like the goofiness of it. Uh, and they're just like dying laughing at each other. So exactly. we got a tri- triple doink yet to, yet to see that we've always had the double doink, but now we got the triple doink. And fun fact, um, one of them was John Wayne Gacy. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know. I thought, <laughs> no, just kidding. I was like, a Skinner, I thought. Right. <laughs> Good stuff. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's go on to uh, Superstar 731, uh, ta- uh, taping from that arena that I loved last time. I was going all about it from Pennsylvania with the cool indoor like outdoor lighting that comes in through the through the uh the top of it it's a really different arena and something kind of cool makes superstars different uh we get our big men on a mission mission debut or sorry not debut but big uh opening from them uh it was kind of weird that, that i thought this was the smallest response they got so far but mm-hmm. oscar like start started um rapping really late into it like normally comes out and sings at the beginning and he kind of walked all the way to the aisle and then rapped so i think there might have just been like a timing of like the song or whatever but i thought it was a kind of weaker thing um standard squash where people are still in awe of mabel he does like a spinning uh heel kick mm-hmm. on the jobber but he misses badly uh and then we get the uh, classic jerry lawler freeze framing it and drawing a <laughs> shamu the killer whale so i thought it was um pretty funny from that they actually made me laugh when normally those uh those uh drawings are pretty bad but i thought that was right. a pretty good one uh and then we, we kind of got a face-to-face uh segment nothing too big here except marty Janetti, who i think has been in and out and kind of been one of our favorites in here so he's talking about that he's still all about he still wants sean so i thought kind of interesting they were still using marty as like a top sean contender even though they've kind of moved on from shaw or marty to perfect so 
Uh, I don't know if you had anything to add on the first two segments. Yeah, the, the only one thing is like I was looking up. I don't. I've always thought this until like last week that I always thought Mo was a lot older than he was. He's only 26 here, and I don't know if it's like the blonde goatee or whatever. But I always thought he was like an older guy, like in his 40s or something. Like, and he was the veteran trying to help Mabel get along. But they're both really young, so it, that just kind of blew my mind. I looked it up and. Um, one part of the match is like Vince uses his like John Cena like black voice to say Mabel looks like the whole hood, and, one time, <laughs> and he, like he really gets into it like, like he really overdoes it and it's hilarious. But um, you can tell like they're invested in Men on a Mission, which is really cool because yeah, you know the, the tag scene overall is like really getting on fire right now, and I, you know I like to see them be a part of that. But yeah, um, as far as the face to face goes, yeah, Marty solid. Um, nothing too crazy. Um, Bam Bam and Luna. Luna was pretty cool when she started doing like a war chant. And, like, and she started <laughs> doing this like Tatanka war chant and got Bam Bam to crack a little bit. So I yep. really like implore anybody to go watch that because you'll laugh your ass off. But um, yeah, the, your, your basic stuff there with the face to face. From there, we're going to get a couple jobber matches. We're going to get uh, Adam Bomb versus Jobber, which is who we were alluding to earlier. Um, one thing I noticed, like this, the squash, the squash was nothing, the same old, you know, shit that they've been doing. But one thing I noticed is that they're kind of focusing more on the presentation with him than the actual like match. They're focusing on like his eyes and yep. his his outfit and Johnny Polo and what he's doing. And, and Johnny Polo is almost getting more attention now and becoming more interesting than Adam Bomb, which sucks because. Like he's not terrible in the ring. Like there's a handful of guys on the roster that are probably just as bad as him in the ring. But yeah. I don't know. There, there, something must have soured on them where they're just like, okay, let's just pump the brakes and you know focus more on the presentation. But, but they keep showing them. It's like yeah, not, it's so he, weird. Yeah. He's on like every superstars and it's the same match every time. Yeah, he does a flying clothesline. He does the kneeling power bomb. He does you know a couple power moves but it's like the same three, three four minute yeah. match every single time um and, and it sucks because adam bomb is a guy if you had told me like oh who's your like sleeper guy you love it's been adam bomb and i'm kind of like souring on him the more they do this so it sucks you know um and then after that we get another uh mr hughes squash same thing they're doing with the um with the wreath on the outside it's like pretty much lather and repeat with that he uh hits the sidewalk slam but it's weird that they're building this, but no giant Gonzalez appearances. Like it's just Mr. Hughes, but that's the SummerSlam match with Gonzalez. So uh, just kind of weird, like furthering this. But yeah, so same run of the mill squash, kind of like what we saw on Raw, but nothing to like write home about it necessarily. Um, did you have anything to add with those two squash matches? No, I mean, uh, do you want to take the Taker interview then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, from there, we get um, from Wrestling Challenge, we get um, Jerry Lawler's King's Court with Undertaker, which was really like a really weird like uh, <laughs> dichotomy seeing like Lawler be this like asshole, you know, wants to joke with everybody. Undertaker kind of just be like this still imposing guy um, like Lawler kind of like teases him about not having to earn and stuff. And then Taker finally like grabs the mic and threatens him, which was kind of weird to see Taker do that this time. Like, you know, not being like the, I don't know, not as vocal and Paul Bearer not there, too. Like, it's, it, was, it was just kind of weird to see him, like, speak for himself in this instance, especially with a guy like Lawler, who would eat him up on the mic if, if it went any further than that. So, 
Um, just kind of weird. Like I, I know that like the timing of it's perfect after the Mr. Hughes match and everything, but um, I don't know. I just I'm, Undertaker's like this whole feud doesn't really do anything for me right now. Yeah, I, I had some. I think it was definitely different, right? Uh, well, I like mm-hmm. first you you mentioned it earlier about they back to back, right? Mr. Hughes and then showed this interview, right? right? So even though it's from Challenge, like it was great timing, right? Of like right. okay, right on top of it. But again, he only talks about Mr. Hughes and nothing about Giant Gonzalez. So it's just strange that, um, you know, he's, he's kind of challenging Mr. Hughes, but it's, there's no, um, there, there, like, he doesn't talk about Gonzalez. There, there's no Paul Bear and there's no mention of it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird that, like, he doesn't even mention, like, you took out my manager. Maybe I missed it, but he doesn't. I really like that this is really coming to the Undertaker's, like, superstitious because the lights go out, right, even when he comes out. Right, so We right. saw that last time. Like, now it's part of the gimmick, and, like, I mean, that's – one of his like things about the undertaker is the lights out. Like everyone knows that. Right. So like, it's kind of cool to see it coming here and like you get Bobby, the brain hiding under the desk again. Right. So I think, I think pretty good character building. Um, but definitely, um, uh, definitely a little weird. They're going with Hughes taker, but have already set up the SummerSlam. So kind of weird. And then, uh, we get the SummerSlam reports, uh, they now added Mr. Perfect and Shawn Michaels. So I've seen some face-to-faces with them. Now it's been added. Um, they get, uh, who do we have next? We got the Head Shrinkers in a squash. And then yep. we have Mr. Perfect in a squash. Nothing too much uh, other than, like, I thought in Perfect, they, he was kind of kind of more aggressive. He threw the jobber to the steel steps. I thought there was a big pop for him. Uh, so they kind of, like, really built up, like, man, he's, he's re- like, you know, they kind of, led into it like hey he's, he's got this title match now he's ready to mm-hmm. um he's being more aggressive like he's ready for this title match so i thought that was a cool little intrigue on him uh anything to add for those two no just uh in the head shrinkers match there's a cool little moment where like samuel and fatu start like fighting each other a little bit um and then Alpha kind of like contains them a little bit but you know just showing how wild they are um so pretty cool little moment there but other than that yeah nothing nothing out of the ordinary all right, you want to take then, the next yep. two segments? Yep, so from there we have another Ludwig Borga vignette. So kind of keeping him off of or out of the ring right now, still kind of focusing on you know, him as a character and the anti-American kind of sentiment he's bringing, um, which which is smart to have a character like this while Yoko, like it doesn't, showing that like you can give somebody to Luger without it being in the title picture necessarily. So right. that's smart. I mean, I think- I think we talked about this. It's like, all right, you know, like it, this is kind of the house show feud coming up mm-hmm. or added. So it's like, okay, kind of got to build that a little bit as well. Right. Cause that was just, I mean, it's a lot different now, right? Now is all about TV. Uh, but back then, like the house shows were such a big part of their, their, uh, their model. Exactly. Exactly. So, and then um, from there, we get a face to face with uh, Sean and Diesel. I really think like, you know, I, I've said it before, like, Sean with, with Diesel, like, is really, he's coming into his own. Like, it's, you know, he's finding his voice, and he's kind of becoming the character that we all know him as. And uh, Diesel even calls himself, like, the biggest enigma. Like, he's just, he's kind of starting to talk a little bit. I don't know when we're going to get him in the ring, like, how soon we're going to see that. But you can tell he's starting to kind of uh, get a little bit more comfortable, too. So, I don't know. If Maybe they're like cohesion on the road or whatever is coming together, but you can yep. tell the chemistry's there. Um, then we get Doink also, just kind of you know, a little segment with him, and he's just so bought in. Like I, <laughs> I, you can't go wrong with Doink right now. So um, always good to see him. 
And then uh, after this face-to-face, we close with uh, Luna versus Sherry. And it's kind of weird. Like, I, I, I almost thought Sherry was already gone, but um, she's here. And she, it almost looks like she's wearing, like, Marty Jannetty's tights, like the tights. <laughs> yep. That's what like I was, yeah, but it was definitely a Marty, definitely Marty right. uh, tights. So it's kind of weird. Right. And it's like, you know, uh, it started, to start the match, like, Bam Bam kind of, like, runs her down on the mic. Like, Bam Bam's the one that's being the aggressor. Um, and like Sherry slaps Bam Bam, like she finally has had enough, but Luna has been sneaking up behind the whole time. She kind of like comes behind and chokes her, but then, uh, Tatanka comes in to save her, but he fends off Bam Bam. It's like Luna's choking her for like uh, two or so three long. minutes. Like, yeah, it's forever. It's like, okay, like you came to help her, but you're only fighting Bam Bam. It's weird. So it's like, she's stuck there, but, um, there was a pretty good segment. Actually, I thought like it, it showed, you know. Like the 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 rivalry between Sherry and Luna, but also Tatanka and Bam Bam. So it's just something that you know keeps both guys that are pretty good characters involved in something. So you know at least it's giving them something to kind of stick to, um, and they're going forward with it. So what did you think of that? Yeah, uh, well, uh, they they did mention it, but Luna actually read uh, in the Observer. Uh, had a broken arm at the time, and it was for real. So they do mention that she has a cast. So that's makes sense that, like, why they didn't fight. It's just weird they brought up that, hey, we're going to have this match with one person mm. unable to fight. So right. that's probably why... Um, uh, that That's kind of why they don't actually have a match. Uh, right. uh, but it was kind of weird they brought it up. So I think that was kind of like to say, hey, look, at she can't even fight. But I, I thought it was a really good segment. And I think we've been really... Uh, actually, my notes says Sherry with the Rockers gear on, but I, I thought they really. Uh, this has been a really good uh, rivalry, and it's kind of sucks. It's kind of get end on this. Uh, yes. I felt like they could have had a rematch then or a mixed tag match at, at uh, SummerSlam. I think that would have been a lot of fun. Um, I think that's where you, I wish they would have went with this versus the uh, ending. And maybe they were going to try to, but uh, either with Luna's broken arm or Sherry kind of kind of being like you kind of mentioned, like I'm shocked she's still here. Like mm-hmm. I would have thought she was gone after Mania, um, so I don't know what which one it was. But yeah, it was a really fun segment. Kind of a little bit of a letdown because they're they've been hot, but like I thought the segment was great because you kind of had like you said both two feuds going on at once, kind of playing out in front of you. Exactly. Um, and then uh, I think that I had I lost my spot, but I, did this did this have the footage now of uh, IRS? Is that where we were? To end the superstars, I didn't yeah. have that in my notes. Okay, but you might have wrote it down. I didn't. Yeah, so uh, we could talk about it later from Wrestling Challenge, the one, two, three kid, and uh, Ted DiBiase. Oh, and DiBiase. So, yeah. yeah, let's let we let's show it again. So it might have been okay. bad notes there. And then right. they end, they've ended most of these Raws and superstars, which is Lex Express announcing the next cities he was coming to. So that's how they they roll off most of these uh, recent superstars. So. so. Um. We're right back on to Raw. Yes, sir. End of there. We're all good. All right, so now we're back. Uh, we're, we're at Monday Night Raw. On, this is August uh, 2nd. Uh, so this is a new arena, Alexandria Bay, uh, New York, which I have no idea where it is. This is the looking of the high school gym. So this is like, yeah. this, is, this is to me is the, uh, so disappointing just to see this. Uh, it also was taped back on july 25th so it's super stale um you know it's not like a live one so you're going to like this like dark dingy arena i thought the coloring like of the lights wasn't good either like i don't know if you noticed that but i thought it was really 
really dingy as far as like it didn't like the overhead lights right that would like light up the ring didn't even feel that feel that great either i don't know if you noticed that yeah no that was one of the first notes i had is that i thought this was like taped way before this was just because the way the arena looked like it looks older than the other raws like if you compare it to the other raw that just looks like older and kind of run down so yeah you can definitely tell they're scaling down a little bit here yeah so very disappointing we, we get, do get a big pop for the steiners who come out first to fight uh barry uh, another dream we got a lot of these dream teams of jobbers on these barry harwitz and Dwayne gill uh, yeah. just an absolute beatdown because those are two guys that are pretty talented as jobbers and they just destroy them. Like Bobby actually says they don't actually do moves. They just throw their opponents around, which is exactly true. And a really bad Frankensteiner's end. Like, I don't know how his neck wasn't broken. Dwayne Gill's like that, that, that was quite uh, a beatdown in three minutes. I don't know if you had anything about No, that. I have the same thing with the Frankensteiner's like, Someone, whether it's Scott or somebody else, is, looks like they're going to get paralyzed every time. Every <laughs> yeah. time he hits that. And the jobber, too. It's like both of them. Like, it's just just really ugly. But uh, uh, fun little. They're so good, but it's exactly true. Like, Bobby's like, they don't do moves. They just toss people. And it's like, yep, that's exactly what they do. Um, and then we get a who is Lex Luger. They announced that, that more interviews about learning about Lex Luger. Um and just goes on and on about his extra collector activities and he's shy and what his dad wanted to be. Uh, I actually put that his dad wanted him to be a more music guy than a sports guy. Right. Uh, and uh, my note here says still not a match to be seen. So we haven't seen him, but they do announce that next week Luger will be there finally in person. So this is another taped vignettes. Uh, I don't know if they're vignette sit down interviewer. It's just kind of talking about who his life, his life, and how he grew up, and his dad wanted him to be perfect. So, um, it was kind this of was up. definitely Vince projecting. I think. Yeah. Like I think this was Vince telling his story through Lex. Like, you know, you could tell his dad probably wanted him to be this perfect. You know, yeah. everything, and then Vince was probably shy at first, and all these other things. It's just like when they use words like academics, he stressed academics yep. and stuff like this. <laughs> just you know, feels like Vince, but. Uh, yeah, another, you know, profile piece, if you will, about Lex. So um, from there, we get our boy Adam Bomb. And you guessed yeah. it, a, another squash match. So um, at least his tights are sick on this one, like with the orange and this one. Like, like yeah, this, is a definite, uh, this is a definite figure they need to come out with with this this outfit. But, yeah, it's nothing. It just feels like. You know, Polo's coming out with, like, the lacrosse gear now, and he's got something new every time. It just feels like he's the highlighted guy, like I said earlier. And it's just, again, another simple squash, nothing kind of um, extra on that one. Uh, did you have anything to add about that before I go to the next match? No, it's disappointing as always. Gotcha. All right, so from there we go to uh, Doink versus Randy Savage. And... Um, I was pretty pumped about this match because I think, you know, Joink's been really solid in the ring and Savage is kind of like the flag bearer of the of the company right now. So um, Savage dedicates this match to Crush. So it's like he's kind of defending the guy that's been feuding with Joink for a while. Yep. Um, and with this match, for some reason, it, the, the arena felt even more run down. Like, I don't know if it's because there's so much focus in the ring, like when you're watching this as compared to, like the squashes and things like that, but um, 
to me, like this, this felt like it could be like a pay per view match, like between these yep. two. Like I felt like this could have been like the SummerSlam match. Like I felt, you know, they're going back and forth, just the way they work with each other. Two old school guys, kind of just working their magic. And I thought this is a really solid match. Um, there's a there's a, a part that comes out in this match, and, and when Savage did is like pre promo in the very beginning of Raw, it's like I could I knew I was like fuck, this is the episode, isn't it? Yep. And this mini Savage comes out with a Texas Chainsaw Massacre type mask on. Like, looks like melted skin on his face. Like, I don't know what's going on. With the, this dude is creepy as fuck with this mask yep. on. And I was just like, shit. It's like, it's bad enough. Like, I had a clown fear, especially when I was young. <laughs> and you, you have Doink in there, and now you have this, like, creepy ass mask like where i don't know where they got that from yeah it's but definitely... he comes right so weird and then he comes out he's kind of distracts doink savage gets to roll up for the win and then you know the the, the mini savage bites doink on the ass so it's kind of like playing his own little mind game with doink so i get it um just like, they could have had a normal guy just as savage and would have done it done just as well I, they did not need this like silence of the lambs practice plastic looking mask on i don't know i don't yeah, get it but it was very what, what were your thoughts on that yeah it was a fun little match that, like uh monster pot for macho like he's still well over it's like crazy they don't use him more just of how how much he is uh over with the crowds there's tons of american flags everywhere so they clearly um uh gave those out for freebies uh, mm-hmm. i thought there was a ton of them and then uh i did note that he uh dedicates the match crush Savage grabs the old school chair uh, <laughs> rather than like a folding chair to start the match. Uh, pretty good match. They uh, Doink's face paint like he, he's just like he must have put it on uh, really rough in the morning uh, because it goes everywhere. Like it's all over his face. Solver's tight. Solver Savage and uh, Doink. So right. rough, rough spot with this thing. Uh, you know, under the ring for the Macho Man, just like that's above Savage. And then he does like the roll up, like I. I guess, you know, a little bit protecting Doink, but man, I would I would have really liked him to hit like the big elbow and like really put away this feud, like this one week, two week feud. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot better. But instead he gets like a cheap roll up and then you kinda of mentioned afterwards like a little bit of like the biting on the ass, like the bushwhacker type stuff. Kind of right. like thing with you know, guy they've built up pretty well in Doink. I get he's being kinda of goofy, but like Savage is also like a main eventer, which they don't use at this time as a main eventer, but um, I don't think you really need this for those two guys. Exactly. Uh, yep, and then agree. we get SummerSlam report. They mentioned Perfect and uh, Perfect and Sean. It's a big match added. Uh, they show the replay of the one two three kid. So I knew I had this somewhere else too. But basically, yeah. re-show uh, the one two three kid versus uh, uh, Million Dollar Man. So mm-hmm. they, they don't only show like the last like two minutes, but basically Million Dollar Man kind of takes care of him at the end. Uh, and then he, Razor Ramon comes out and Million Dollar Man does like the worst pin attempt ever. Oh uh, God. I can't even, just, I don't even know how to describe it, but basically like l- allowing himself to get repinned and he gets distracted. Of course, uh, one, two, three kid ro- easily rolls him up with the easiest pinfall of all time to get to one, two, three million dollar man acts, acts crazed, starts kicking the ropes, yelling at Razor, not really mad at kid, but another fun victory for one, two, three kid. Yeah. It shows you he's got like, the upset upset uh, ability um so i thought it was a good uh good little match uh even though it's shown from challenge i don't know if you have anything to add on that yeah i, I just agree with the whole pin thing like it's so contrived the way he like right. sits 
next to a laying down kid and just like foreshadows it so much but um smart of them to do that though at least and, and yeah you know build build the razor debiase feud while also having kid be a part of it so i agree and all right, I'm gonna then I'm gonna go to uh, the next thing if I you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. So cool. yeah, J- Jim Cornette comes out. Uh, I thought he got some cheers at first, but then they do a really good job of Bobby Heenan saying, "Oh, I know who that is." He runs into the ring and immediately gives a huge hug to Jim Cornette. So like, why I think people probably knew Jim Cornette like from right. all the wrestling, right? Like he immediately kills it that this guy's a heel, and definitely yep. like, the heat. They quickly feel any heat's off to him. So I thought it was a really good job there by Bobby. And he was really over the top about, like, the greatest manager of all time. Like, I can't believe he's here. That's all really good, which is kind of true, right? Like, no one ever thought the guy from Smoky Mountain, like, he set up his own, you know, wrestling organization would ever come to WWF. Same kind of mm-hmm. way a lot of people thought Jerry the King Law would never be here. Right. Um, and so, um, you know, he kind of gives his promo and talks about why he's here. And then he mentions the Heavenly Bodies are coming for he's, he's got this great tag team that's coming up and it's the heavenly bodies and the gigolo jimmy del rey uh, is, is ready for the, the steiner brothers so they've kind of mentioned like hey we're they're coming up only to take out the steiner brothers so cool there and then uh, i don't think he mentioned yokozuna like i don't know if you heard no i don't think i heard it i was kind of listening for if they would hint at that or anything but i i didn't hear anything uh but a cool little like, I really didn't know who he was as a kid, but I'm definitely, like, probably another thing, like, Jerry the King Lawler. Like, if you were into wrestling, this is, like, a cool, cool guy showing up out of nowhere. Right. Yeah, I see. I didn't know, like, the origins of Cornette either back then, but I thought this was awesome. Like, I thought, you know, like, especially, like, he's wearing this, like, bombastic pink and red suit that would make oh, like, yeah, yeah. Steve Harvey blush. But <laughs> he, uh, and then he's also, like, sweating his ass out, like. Like he's like on a nine on the the microtenda scale as far yep. as like like as far as sweat goes like he's sweating his ass off, but he's just so into it like he's so, um you know there for the scene and it's like like you said with Bobby like going in there and just killing it making sure everyone knows the heel was so smart, um but it's just it's kind of random for him to show up like there's like it's you know it's just weird that the WWF is like pulling at straws, like doing business with Smoky Mountain and USWA. And maybe they knew this like steroid trial was coming soon. And he kind of just wanted to get the, you know, the, the minds of other promoters and stuff like that involved. And just in case, I don't know. I, I, I know it doesn't happen until like 94, but maybe there's like inklings or something of, you know, trouble ahead or whatever. I don't know. Or maybe like everything's just falling apart with like Hogan leaving and, his stars aren't there and he's just kind of like you know shuffling the deck a little bit and just trying whatever but um nonetheless yeah. it's it's cool you know it's cool that they're doing something different at least you know right and and i think wrestling was down right uh, in this mm-hmm. time frame right so it might be some of that that these guys right are kind of desperate for for some 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 publicity right so mm-hmm. i think it comes both ways right like cornette obviously smoky mountain obviously was probably struggling i'm got you know i'm just guessing this yeah. Guess it may be struggling a little bit, and uh, so was uh, I'm guessing Jerry the King Lawler was with USWJ. So just trying to pump some, you know, pump things to help wrestling out. Um, right, and, and it's just weird that Cornette was a guy that was always like, "I'll never work for the WWE." Right, yeah, and yep. that kind of thing, and and here he is, and he stays around for you know five or six years. So, um, it's still kind around. of funny. Exactly, it's still exactly. around. Yeah. Yeah. 
so yeah, great, great segment in my opinion. Um, we got a new foil into the mix, and you know, a new tag team with an already like stacked division. You get the heavenly bodies, like you got the Steiners, you have Men on a Mission, you have the Head Shrinkers, you have the Smoking Guns, you have who am I missing? There's got to be somebody good I'm missing. Um, Money Inc. still there. Money too. Inc. Money Inc. Yeah, I mean that's that's a loaded division and not talked about. Like people talk about like the. 87, 88, 89 kind of era. Then they talk about like the late 90s, Dudleys, Hardys. But, you know, this might not be as much quality, but the depth is really solid, I think, um, as far as the tag scene goes right now. Um, and then after this, we get a, a quick, uh, perfect um, squash match, which, again, he was kind of like he looked a little bit more committed. Like he was showing off his athleticism, kind of like um, jumping over the jobber when he's ducking and just kind of. You know, he's a little bit more into it. I think he's, like, pumped for his match against Sean, who's, like, a younger athletic guy. And uh, Cornette ended up staying on commentary for this, and he was good as as usual on this. So, nice little touch to have him kind of stick around and yep. um, just kind of speak about the match. But um, after that, we like you said, we get, like, the Lex Express clips that kind of end the show. They just want to beat that into your head and make sure you don't forget about, you know, Lex. So. They're pretty much doing that with every ending kind of right now. So anything yeah. anything to add with any of that? No, the other thing I said, I think somewhere along the way they had the more of the WrestleMania album. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I forget which. It, it was kind of all over the place. But they know the SummerSlam jam one time and the WrestleMania song, all hot, all hot bangers um, <laughs> that, that, that belong on all radio stations. So uh, they've been really pumping up that as the new album that uh, of the time. So. Well, you have uh, Simon Cowell to thank for that. So. Yeah, it's it's crazy. He produced that album, I believe. So. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's yeah. the one he produced. Yeah, it's crazy. Think about it, to what he became. Right. All right. Uh, you want to do some plugs for uh, our shows? Yeah. So um, you know, we got something every day. I know the uh, Cronoso is kind of on a little halt right now, if, if I'm correct. Right? You did the yes. last one. I did so the right last one a couple of, weeks ago. Yeah. And then also we got uh, Ruthless Aggression is on a little hiatus right now. Shouts to Jake with um, his child being born. So, you know, we yeah, got a couple. Of, but we also got other things cooking. You know, we got Extreme 308 Dance who just ended uh, 96 going into 97, which is an awesome stretch in ECW. Like, it's really good listen. Um, Aaron uh, had another episode of uh, The Wrestle That Was. This was about Razor. So a lot of... Uh, um, new gen era friendly stuff on that episode and then um you know you got stuff like um wrestling war with uh, marcus and jt um there's also you know if you like marcus like on you know and marcus and tim tim they do like the the recaps of the pay-per-view they have a, a really good podcast too called a uh, final wrestling place like it really fits in with everything you like listen to here on the north south connection so this Give a shout out to their other podcast that's not necessarily on a feed, but you know, voices that you hear. So, just some uh, good stuff all around here on the feed. Yep. And then uh, every Wednesday, you got the Jenny position, various uh, shows that she produces every every Wednesday. And then, uh, like you mentioned with Aaron, the, the new the wrestler that was, I just finished finally the year that was. I've been holding on to it forever, the 1980s, mm. the last uh, 1987. I've just been holding on to it. Uh, always a couple months, sometimes behind a podcast, but I've been holding on to it. I finally finished it up, and it was sad, but it was kind of like funny that I finished it this week, and then he drops another. Right. So it's kind of nice to see him, uh, you know, doing a different different type of thing, but kind of the same type of journey where he, he does it solo, he does it so well uh, as a solo act. So that was awesome to hear. 
uh, and then you get, you do you have a couple other ones, you know, Wrestling Warzone, and then JT and Aaron have the couple now into the Rumble and the No Holds Barred, uh, mm-hmm. which is which is where they have the great greatest title change, and they're also reviewing the Stretch Project uh, for uh, greatest WWE wrestler. Uh, and I know there's been some more pods showing up on uh, that feed and the Place to Be feed about talking about the greatest wrestler ever uh, right. return after five years, which I think we're going to do on this this year. I did the tag team one. Uh, and, and I think I meant to do the wrestler, so I'm definitely gonna add in this year the uh, the wrestler, greatest WWE wrestler. Yeah, I think I'm gonna try and do that as well. Cause yeah, I did it after the fact, like it was like two months later, and I was like, I never finished it, so I started right. it, and then I was like, the tag team one I did, uh, I wasn't the biggest WCW guy, so I was like, that's probably just like me just gonna pick Sting in the top 50 <laughs> for everything. So I was like, you know, maybe right. I probably got the best vote, but I'm definitely pumped for this, uh, the greatest wrestler ever. That's, uh, that's it and we'll go on to one last we got one last superstars to uh go from the it's from the same uh same taping that we've kind of been at uh we start off with the smoking gun so i thought it was super over here i don't know uh I, I i think it's their guns and stuff like i feel like they're like massively over um as a, as a tag team compared to kind of some of the other other people we see uh right. so I, I thought it was a ton of fun to see them uh come out again um, and start the, the the night off. I don't know if you had anything to add. Yeah. So. Oh, and these are your boys. These are your boys. Yeah. Yeah. They're, 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 and this is probably a, a team I'm going to be alone on. You know, that's fine. I don't care. I love these guys. So they're facing a debuting well done. Um, who do not get any kind of vignettes or anything like that. And so, like, to me, when they first came out, I was like, okay, are they? featuring them as a jobber team or what like are they just jobbers but no i i they kind of pushed them like the way they talked about them they gave them you know um commentary time and things like that they're actually going to be like a heel tag team um i love these guys like i'm a i'm a big memphis wrestling fan so like i've watched them in memphis uh i just think they're like a, a nice they're not like a great tag team or anything i'm not going to act like that but they're just a, a fun little glue tag team i guess i'll say so um this match it was kind of funny because like they're a little bit more established than the smoking guns are like not by much but they're more they've got more under their belt and billy's kind of like wild and i think he like i don't know what he did but timothy well i don't yeah timothy yep. wells i got busted open early yeah and i think billy just like uh potato the shit out of him and bust his eye open but yeah um, they even mentioned which is rare they actually said on commentary yeah they, he's busted open Right, and, and it's a tape show. Like, usually they kind of edit some of that stuff out, yeah. um, but they just rolled with it. And, you know, he had the, he even had it, like, leaking onto his hand and stuff at one point. So it's pretty kind of weird to see that, yeah. Um, but I thought this was a fun little tag match. Like, this is like a sleeper match to me. Um, you know, they have some good cohesion between the two once that little segment at the beginning got over. But um, the guns, once again, hit that backdrop pile driver that looks, like, dangerous as shit. You know, like I, I doubt Well Done wanted to take that, but they just said, nope. "Screw it." You know, we want it. We want a job here. We'll do it. But um, fun little match to start. I don't know if these are going to be like a feuding, um, feuding teams or not. But it'd be kind of cool to see a little program with them. So, kind of excited to see where Well Done goes. I, I know no one else has ever said that in the history of wrestling. But, yep. Um, yeah, I, I'll be the one. I'll be the one to cape for them. So, fun little match. Yeah, my notes are one that Vince didn't know the difference between the two. Like he had to like 
ask, right. wait, this one's right. Timothy, and, you know, so that's yeah. a not a good start, which he does with a lot of tag teams. Uh, no entrance music, and then my notes in all capitalized letters say, this is the crap new gen, gen that everyone hates. Like, yeah. they're bought, like, they don't really have a gimmick. They, their gimmick is kind of stupid, right? Like, oh, well done. And, like, Vince was, like, loving it. He's like, oh, they're well done. Like, oh, yeah. just, oh I was just like, this is the crap of the new gen, where it's, like, half-assed effort, no theme music, like, they're basically just there with their names. Like, what are they supposed to be? Like, their outfits don't even make sense. So it's just, I don't know, I was pretty disappointed in them. And I, I honestly don't know anything about them. But I mm-hmm. can't believe we're here this early. Like, it's just shocking to me. Like, I thought this was 95, like, bad news. Yeah. It's like yeah, I, I thought it was, like, late 94, early 95. I thought is when they would be there in my mind's yeah. eye. Yeah, I and mean, they're, they're not, kind of, I don't know if they're on any pay-per-views. Like, I don't know if we'll see them anywhere. You like, probably don't. Maybe a, maybe a Rumble? Maybe, yeah. But it's like, yeah, it's like these are I can't believe these people are around in this long and like we we talk about Adam Bomb being a bum. Like these guys are mm-hmm. bums. Sorry. Well, I don't, I don't this is, no, no. <laughs> you're you're right. You're not wrong. I mean it's funny because like this is the influence that the Southern promotions have is it's all of these guys, even Adam Bomb, Adam Bomb comes from like uh, USWA and Smoky Mountain. Like all these younger guys that are kind of moving up are coming from like I guess you can kind of say they're they're a feeder system a little bit, like Smoky Mountain yeah. and, and USWA. Um, but Well Done's from there. Well Done's kind of like the Fabs ripoff, kind of. They were wearing the bow ties down there. They're kind of meant to be like the pretty boy, tough guys a little bit. That's kind of their gimmick. Um, Which would be okay know. if they came out as that. They didn't. But they like, didn't, exactly. They came out like jobber outfits. Yeah, they're almost like the body Donnas. Like, with their look, a little bit, kinda. yeah, yeah. But Agreed. yeah. No, they don't. They don't give them a character. So that's the weird thing to it. But I guess we'll just have to see if anything does come out of that, you know. Sorry, I didn't want to break your hearts. But... Hey, no. I, <laughs> I, like I said, I fully expect to be the lone, well-done fan um, in all of North-South. Any, you know, anybody that listens to this. <laughs> no, I messaged you. I'm like, I got five pages of notes. Uh, well done. You're like, oh, I love them. I'm like, ooh, yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Oops, sorry. <laughs> right, right. Oops. <laughs> Uh, yeah. All right, so we get we get the Gorilla Monsoon uh, with the updates where he uh, shows the highlights of the one two three kid, kid million dollar man. So maybe I had that in the wrong spot, but um, then they have the big announcement. He calls it the Gorilla Line, where Gorilla is getting all these big, uh, uh, you know, you know, inside information. But he's got two new matches for SummerSlam: Razor Ramon versus uh, Ted DiBiase, and one two three kid versus IRS. So kind of we kind of talked about last week. One two three kid was actually beat. Money, one part of Money Inc., and now he's going to go after the other part. So I thought a pretty good setup there for that match. Um, and kind of, you know, like we, we kind of mentioned at the beginning, like this is really the major build to SummerSlam. So no longer it's not just a two match show. We have like six or seven matches announced. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he also talks about how he's going to have an interview with the Million Dollar Man, who he really calls him the Million Dollar Mouth. And Million Dollar Man actually does like a great job, I thought, about just like how embarrassed he is. Like, how could this happen to him? Like, he's a guy of high-end prestige. Like, this shouldn't happen to him. So I thought it was a really good, like, aggressive interview for Million Dollar Man for a guy that's kind of like on his way out. Like, I think he's not phoning this, like, uh, this in. Right. I if you add before we go to our uh, favorite boy, Adam Bomb, another squash match and another victory versus Jim. Yeah, and that's pretty much his gimmick now is just being yep. in squash matches. And uh, DiBiase, you're right. He is fired up. He is into that um, really good segment there. But from there, this whole show takes an ass dive. Like, it's Adam Bomb versus Jobber in a squash. You got Doink versus Jobber in a quick squash. 
um, Tito Santana. Didn't know he was even still here. Um, yeah. In the squash match with, it's very weird that he was in a squash. Uh, like I, I have to imagine he's done in, a, in another month or so. Yeah, um, history WWE says it's his last match. Okay, uh, so that makes perfect so sense. They sense. And then, uh, and then we get a Bastion Booger squash, which he was actually a little entertaining in that match. Like he he hit a like a second rope squash, and he does he gave us a little Rick Rude shimmy before doing his <laughs> little uh, ass dive, where he kind of yep. like falls to his knees. But to end the show in uh, four straight squashes was kind of weird, like with no like story development coming out of them. Right. Um, and I would, I would even add, I know you're going to hate this, but like the well done, why there was, why they actually got an entrance. Like that's not a marquee matchup. Like it no, wasn't advertised. Right. It was, there was nothing. This was, and this is the last of a taping. Like you could, like you could have guessed, like this is the end of taping. It's just like through all the crap that we didn't get out yet onto this. Yeah. But that's what tells me that something, they did something wrong here because well done. Didn't get any kind of like, pumped up debut the quebecers didn't ludwig borga didn't and right. i think that's all in the same taping or relatively yep. close and it's just that weird that they did that they didn't yeah. build any of them up you know it's kind of weird like i think they just shuffled around and decided you know this is going to lead this off this is going to end this so kind of weird that none of those guys got any kind of build at all yeah it's yeah it's just like you know, disappointing too, because it's like guys that could be. And I think you could even make well done, like you kind of mentioned their bow ties and stuff. Like you could make them like, you know, uh, seem like a legit team, but they just come out of nowhere. And this match, and this super, if that's like the high end match, like this is a very disappointing uh, right. superstars. And uh, Vince for Burger King or for Bash and Booger was just loving that he was calling Jerry Lawler the Booger King. Like, oh, Vince was like loving it, like just mm-hmm. dying. I just have in all caps again, Vince loving this. He was, uh, again, I think, like, they actually had a lot of good close-ups of the fans during Bison Booger's just being grossed out by him. So, like, I don't, I don't want to say he's getting over, but, like, he's definitely, people are grossed out by him, which they should be, because he's, his outfit is atrocious. Mm-hmm. And then, the only note I had is just on the face-to-face, they, we actually saw Bret Hart's in a promo, so it's, like, the first, I know we had the match for Spam Bam, but, like, this is the first promo I can remember in at least a month. Um, so that he brought some good energy and pissed at Jerry about how he was upsetting his mom and dad. And then uh, on the face to face overall, I was just kind of noting that like they really don't talk about the house shows anymore. Like it's pretty much only turned to, hey, let's talk about SummerSlam, which is just a, such a change from when we first started watching. Right. It was all about like, hey, come see Albany's house show between, you know, random fights. So it's kind of weird. They're kind of changing up these like syndicated items to be just about um the pay-per-view so they really feel like they're building towards like SummerSlam needs to be the major pay-per-view for them for for uh, kind of a change in, in what they've normally done well it's their first you know pay-per-view without hogan too oh yeah good point know? good point so yeah. so it, it's it's definitely a changing of the guard like you like you know like we started a SummerSlam our survivor series 92 because it highlighted brett and sean it was kind of a little changing of the guard but like the, the old hand was still kind of there a little bit. Now yeah. it's like, you know, this is it. Like, this is it's all it's we got. Time, yep. It's time to go, you know? So it, it does feel different. And I, I, I can tell too, like, they're, they're kind of changing their plan a little bit, which, which I like because, you know, it's not the same old stagnant promotion. Yeah. No, that's a really good point about the lack of Hogan on it. They haven't really mentioned him either. 
Like, it mm-hmm. kind of, at the other times, they kind of, every once in a while, mentioned Hogan. Like, after the 4th of July, like, they kind of mocked Hogan for this, you know, he couldn't slam Yoko. There's been zero mention, so it really seems like he's done. Um, and then, they had a, somewhere along the way, they had, they had Ludwig, I think Ludwig, actually, Ludwig Borg actually had two segments talking about how America's crumbling, because I just put yes. so much Ludwig Borg on these. And, like, one of them was, like, a taped... Um, vignette of his matches like highlights of his matches which i thought looked pretty good mm-hmm. like him just picking on jobbers kind of like the old sid move of just like throwing right. jobbers around so i thought that was making him look pretty good so i really put ludwig porga as a, as a star for that superstars but probably one of the worst ones we've watched if not yeah, the worst easily. Easily. Uh, so, yeah as much as bastion booger is trying to win over the crowd <laughs> right. all right so we go to our awards and uh, move on yes sir all right so we got most new gen outfits uh, I don't know. I guess I'm going to go with uh, Sherry's Marty ripoff. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm going to go uh, Cornette's because that's just like his classic look of like yes. mismatching pink and orange and the shoes. Right. M- matching everything, but uh, not matching everything. So exactly. I think uh, it'll be there a lot. We got most new gen performer. Uh, there wasn't too many great like match. I'm going to go with Bigelow. I thought Bigelow worked pretty good with Brett. I'm going I'm to go with him. Uh, I can't go with, uh, well done. I'm not going to go with them. <laughs> <laughs> you should, but yeah, I'm going to go with Steiner's. Their squash was fun. Even though okay. they almost killed the guy. Right. Uh, even though it was quick, killed Dwayne Gill. I thought it was pretty fun. Uh, which of other things are the worst matcher segments? Uh, worst matcher segment. Hmm. I'm going to say everything involving Adam bomb. Oh man. He's just. Really rolling and up here. That hurts to say. I, I almost put that whole superstars, that yeah. second superstars. Uh, let me see who I go with. I'm gonna go with Tito, just because like it was so random for him to come out. Yeah, he's and, a relic. Yeah, and like they didn't even. You know, I know they're not gonna mention like this is his last match, but like they made no intrigue about like oh he's fighting someone. Nothing. It was just right. here's randomly Tito Santana. So yeah. I thought that was just in a bad superstars. That was like an unnecessary match. Uh, the best match kind of limited on here. I think there was yeah. two or three. I think, yeah, I think there's like two or three. Uh, I'm going to go Doink Savage because it had like a, a finish at least. Yeah. I'll go uh, Sh- Luna Sherry. Why oh, wasn't awesome. why it wasn't perfect, right? Like because they no, kind of fight awesome. each other. I think the segment was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Segment. All right. Stock up. Uh, I'm going to go Lawler. Lawler has just been poking the bear and you know doing like keeping everything he's done interesting even even when he's on like commentary on superstars he's still playing his role as like shit disturber so i'm gonna go with lawler yeah i'm gonna go mr perfect uh when he's getting the title shot and they announce it finally and then they also um i thought his jobber match he was like more aggressive and whether it was supposed to be they kind of on the commentary really added to like hey this is a new guy he's pumped to win the title uh, from Sean. So it seems like that's a big match, right? Like that's going to be an awesome match. Perfect. in in Sean, uh, mm-hmm. stock down, stock down. Uh, I don't want to say Adam bomb again. I've been saying him this lately, still, like it, it would be a three peat. So yeah, his stock is pretty much down as it, it can go. I'm actually going to say the undertaker because I, I'm just not interested in, uh, like w- the feud he's supposed to be in. He's not in, Paul Bear is not there. Uh, Mr. Hughes does nothing for me, so I, I don't. I'm not interested in anything he's doing. So for right now, I'm just gonna go Undertaker. All right, uh, I got. I, I'm not gonna do well done for you, even though I think it's probably the one. I'm gonna go <laughs> Stu Hart for just oh, a nice. terrible. 
terrible attempt at uh, talking. Yeah. So, right. I actually almost want to give stock up to Helen Hart, who actually gave it effort <laughs> compared to how bad her husband was. But uh, exactly. that, was, that was a cool segment that like Stu ruined. Um, Very true. Uh, that like you know he's just I thought like Helen added something to it, and I thought it was an awesome segment. But he's just so bad and like no enthusiasm for his son, which is like well, disappointing. Like, you could tell they got in like an argument on the car ride there or something. Like, <laughs> fuck, fuck this shit! I'm not. <laughs> I'll go out there if you really make me, but I'm not going to talk. Like, yeah. You know, like, <laughs> if yeah, I do talk, I'm going <laughs> Exactly. Awesome. So I think we got a couple more superstars and Raws left. There's also the uh, SummerSlam Spectacular. We'll have mm-hmm. to try to find, see if we can find that on the network. Or, wait, sorry, Peacock. Don't want to get my uh, my ads wrong. Right. We're getting closer and closer to SummerSlam. We you know, I mentioned, you know, I, I did, they did note one other thing on the superstars that there was a, the six, the six man tag match is added, um, which is going to be uh, Smoking Guns, Taka versus Bam Bam and the Head Shrinkers. Yep. So think about like we added four matches this time. So really getting into that like final drive for SummerSlam. And I think the last couple of weeks will be really like kind of finishing off those feuds before we get to SummerSlam. Because uh, there's probably only like one or two matches that haven't been announced yet, so uh, pretty right. fun, pretty fun uh, 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 lead up to SummerSlam the next two weeks should be, and then I think there's a SummerSlam spectacular uh, on the way there. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Uh, thanks to everyone for all the feedback, and we'll we'll talk to you next time. Yes, sir.